genre. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. Today, we continue our miniseries on the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise with the third film adapted from the Disneyland slow-moving boat ride, 2007's Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. And we don't have a guest Joining us to talk about myths, maelstroms, and Mexican standoffs is no one. Had a guest, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Y'all know the drill. How's it going, man? It's going good. <laughs> it's going good. I just watched a, a goddamn three-hour movie. You did. Oh, boy, did I. You really did. Um, yeah. So, normally this is the part of the show where I would ask the guest about their relationship with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, <clears throat> or history thereof. Uh Scott, do you remember when this movie came out? Were you hyped about it? Uh, I I do remember, and I was super hyped. Um, I actually saw this visiting my family in Florida. Um, Or had I just – maybe I had just moved back to Florida. I I had. I think I had. I think I – because I moved to Florida for like a year, uh, moved in with my family down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, after uh, Circuit City, because I used to work at Circuit City, and Circuit City went out of business, sure. lost my job there, um, and then was just like, "Well, there's nothing else here. Let's go to Florida." So, <laughs> went to Florida for a year. That didn't work out because it was even worse down there. But um, I think this was the movie, the first movie that I saw upon moving to Florida for that year between 2007 and 2008. I think wow, this was. The first movie that I saw down there, and then I think Iron Man was the last or, like, because I think that was the last, and then I think Speed Racer was the first back in Indiana. Wow, so just under a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because this was a Memorial Day weekend movie. Right, right. Um, So, yeah. Uh, So, like, so so Dead Man's Chest didn't dampen your enthusiasm you were like still in it to win it with the pirates movies yeah because i was i was hoping for the best with this one like i was hoping for like a a a good conclusion and Mm. i felt that i got it at the time like i did not i i like again like we talked about this with the matrix like (laughs) i got to the end of revolutions and i was like that was good and everyone was like no it was worse than the last one awful that it just (laughs) They should have just stuck with the first one. And then it was just like deja vu with the Pirates movies. Yes. Yeah. In, in more ways than one, those, those sets of sequels have a lot in common. And we'll even get to it today. But I, yeah. think you're, I, think, I think you even talked about this during one of our Matrix episodes. It might have been, it might have been Revolutions. But mm-hmm. at, at a certain point with the public consciousness, we get into this snowball effect rule. Mm-hmm. 
where we're not a very forgiving populace where it's like, well, this one was good. It's it's like once we've decided Game of Thrones is bad or that it or anything, it's really hard to get us back on something side. Right. It's kind of at least at the moment. And then right. as something ages, you know, like be it the Twilight movies, you know, compared to like whether I think, you know, there are actually structural problems with Game of Thrones that aren't getting better with time. Sure. You know, sure. Whereas, but then, but, but then in Game of Thrones defense, right? It's okay. like three, two or three episodes to the end. That episode where everyone was just like sitting around, like waiting for people to show up and they were all like talking and hanging out and doing you know, character we've, shit. We've had fun. Haven't yeah, we? I was like, I was like, this is one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones ever. And then I, I look really. online, they're like, that was one of the worst episodes of Game of Thrones ever. And I was like, in right. what universe? Like, right. it was, yeah. Like, what do you want? This is yeah. what we all want. Like, why do you guys just want battle after battle? That's so fucking boring. Yeah. And, anyway. and yet, no, no, for sure. But it's kind of, kind of like this, where it's like, what, what were you expecting? What did you want? Right, right. If I have a complaint about this mm-hmm. movie, it is that it is ne- very nearly three hours long. Like, even if you take credits out of the equation, it's still like 240, right? Mm-hmm. And for that two hours and 40 minute runtime, there are only about, if you put them all together, maybe 15 minutes not spent on C, mm. which makes wow. everything feel kind of samey. Yeah. And yeah. And as a result, makes the movie feel like it's an eternity. <laughs> yeah, no, you 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 make a good point because I had a lot of fun watching it this time around. Um, yeah, especially considering I had just seen it like two years ago. Yeah, but I found myself, and I hate I hate doing this because I feel like I bring up the MCU like every episode. But um, I I found my mind drifting towards Endgame. Uh huh. Because that's that's like three hours and a minute or something, you know. Right, but it's really like three one-hour movies. That's what I was gonna say. Is like that movie moves like a clip because you're like you you pause it, or if you were to turn on the TV or something, I don't know what people do, but like you know, and it's like on. It could be like, oh, they're on the time travel part, or right, oh, they're on the the final battle part, you know. Right. But yeah, after three hours, I am kind. Of, I had to kind of like wait. Why is Will on this ship? What? <laughs> yes. What part of the deal are we on? Why are yes. they mad at each other? And really had to, <laughs> which is good. You know, you want a movie that kind of makes you, you know, but also like, yeah. Yeah. But this isn't a movie that's attempting to be like the matrix with like all of its philosophical, like <laughs> things. This you is know, more, this is supposed to just be like a big crowd pleasing Jerry Bruckheimer blockbuster. And I found it, more confusing than mysterious if that makes sense yeah for sure that's really interesting like you know before doing the handful of research i did for this episode because you kind of brought this up with your matrix episodes where the stories of two and three are very tied together Mm -hmm. um but i found this really interesting interview with uh the screenwriters elliot and rocio and they actually did weirdly bring up philosophy like Mm. jean paul sartre specifically And by the way, I don't think this is evidence to m- against the movie being confusing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but they were really exploring ideas of social constructs and the idea that social constructs limit one's freedom. Mm. And, you know, when you get right down to it, they think freedom is what can a man do and what can't a man do. Mm-hmm. 
which echoed a lot of what uh, to me echoed what Jack Sparrow asks Will in the very first movie mm-hmm. of like, can you sail with a pirate or can't you? And these the East India Trading Company is encroaching on freedom and it's making all of these characters ask themselves like, what am I, what is my allegiance to this social construct? And is it keeping me from being who I really want to be? Whether right. it's Norrington or Davy Jones or Calypso. Um, and then another thing that I thought about, which is crazy because this is what made me really think about the matrix is these characters have to ask what is reality? Cause reality is like a kind of a shifting thing in these movies where things like the Kraken are real, but huh. now in this movie, the Kraken is dead uh-huh. and the real world is kind of warping and the, the imaginary world is starting to fade away. Uh huh. And so I thought that was, I had never like, I wouldn't have guessed that that was, under the hood of this movie, but then it kind of is because it is a wordy movie and a talking movie. Yeah. 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 But also it's, it is kind of, it's stuffed. Right. You do spend two hours and 20 minutes on one of four boats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, Yeah. You're right. Cause like, and um, we'll get to it in, in, in the breakdown, but it starts moving like a clip in the first hour. Mm-hmm. of like oh we're on a quest and then it, it kind of becomes like like risk like the game right. like the board game risk of like moving yes stuff very much and... so very much so i um uh so i did want to bring up one thing with as regards to the theme park attraction please um because you know it this 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 came out in 2007 summer mm-hmm. of 2007 and um you know the original pirates obviously opened in like um like 60 66 or 67 and they had started putting you know jack sparrow robots and stuff into the ride which sure. attacking people remains to this day right there's there's mm-hmm. jack sparrow pirates um all over the ride now and um, which is really interesting when you watch this movie and there's like multiple Jack Sparrows. So it's like, oh, right. <laughs> it's Someone was it's like, almost hey. like it's a reference to that. Um, but the thing that is that I that I that I uh, that I want to point out is like so I think at this point they had already started doing that. But then in 2016, which is much later than this, but I'm I'm, I'm bringing it up now because of what is um, in this particular ride. Uh, with the opening of Shanghai Disneyland, um, in, in Shanghai, uh, they created a new pirates ride, which was called Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for the Sunken Treasure. And it is entirely based on the, the two sequels, um, Hmm. because it is a, it is a, it is still a slow moving dark ride, but it is, um, a... Uh, uh, it, it is very different from what the original ride is because it's it's a trackless ride system, um, and it does like crazy special effects. There's still this there's a special effect in this ride that I still can't figure out how they do it. Um, but it is you're you're in, in the beginning of the ride, like in the old ride, you're like you know moving past all of these like skeleton pirate scenes, mm-hmm. right? But they're all recreations of scenes with living pirates 
in the regular ride, but now they're all skeletons. Like okay. the dog with the keys and the guys like reaching out. Yeah. Now they're skeleton guys and a skeleton dog. Great. Um, you know, just as an example. And then you pull up to this spot where in the original ride there's a skeleton pirate driving a the ship. mast. Yeah, the with the mast. Yeah. And uh and then that pirate it, right before your eyes turns into Jack Sparrow, like living Jack Sparrow. Whoa. Um, and it is the crazy and then he talks to you and he's like this really like animated animatronic, really, really like high tech. And then you go into this adventure with like a big animatronic uh, uh, Davy Jones and he's playing the organ and he spins yeah, yeah. around at you wow. and like talks to you and stuff. <laughs> um, and then you, you go like underwater at a certain point where there's all this like projection mapping that like, Oh, shows the blind Dutchman. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you're like, a, it's like a slow moving boat ride, but it's, so it's a, there's a water ride element, but it's not on a track. It's a trackless ride system. So it's just this really cool, um, uh, new uh, version of the of the Pirates ride. Um, I highly recommend uh, checking out like a ride through of this thing because it really is crazy to look at, and it'll probably never show its face in the American parks because they wouldn't want two Pirates rides, and they wouldn't want to replace the classic Pirates ride. Right. So we'll probably just never see it. Uh, come to any of the American parks, but mm-hmm. so it is worth watching this ride through because it really is um, kind of crazy. But yeah, lots of animatronics, lots of projection mapping. It's so it's just like this brand new, completely redone version of Pirates of the Caribbean. And the reason that they even made this ride is not necessarily because of the movies. The movies were popular, but it was because the Shanghai. Um, executives the 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 chinese people who are like yeah let's have a disney park open they rode pirates of the caribbean they like took them to like disneyland and like they (laughs) rode pirates of the caribbean and they got off the ride and we're like what a bunch of bullshit (laughs) who cares about any of that um like i don't that's not fun no one's gonna care about that they just had zero nostalgia for it sure and so they didn't want it at their park and so they had to they were like well we can't it's bad luck to open a Disney park at this point without a Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So that's where this one comes from. Um, but it's really cool. It's a it's it's a it's a really cool ride. And uh, again, maybe I'll put the maybe I'll put a link to like a really good ride oh, cool. through in the show notes or something. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, gonna check that out. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, watch it. Um, it's cool. I don't know when it's supposed to take place because it's got Davy Jones in it. Oh, I mean, you know, when when does Mission Breakout take place? You know. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. Fair I, enough. I, I always kind of think of rides as like this fun little pocket universe where like continuity doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah. No, that mentioned that one. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, uh, so I remember last week with Cass, um, I think that I'm pretty sure this is on mic, but we we asked what the uh, the filming schedule was. Oh, yeah. If it was like simultaneously or just like literally back to back productions. Yes. And it turns out there was a bit of a break. Uh, so filming resumed in August of 2006 after wrapping Dead Man's Chest in September of 2005. Oh, so they took a little bit of a break. OK, so they weren't back to back then, like we were told they were. That's at least what I found in my in my 
uh, Wikipedia-based research that I then huh. sourced. That is very interesting. Okay. I, well, yeah, because I, I, I double-checked my Dead Man's Chest notes and confirmed that they wrapped that movie in September of 05, and then this movie was reported to start production of August of 06. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's so interesting. And then they All wrapped right. in December, so the only film from August to December. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it must have just been like... Like the Maelstrom stuff, maybe? Or or, or maybe it was stuff that they didn't have sets already built, you know? Like, right. Like the, like, the, like the Singapore section, like they had to build that set, so maybe they like mm-hmm. built that during the break or something. And the Maelstrom uh, stuff, they just shot in a giant tank for weeks and weeks, like, like Titanic style. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. It All was, right. like I mentioned last week with Cassino, you know, it was kind of the end of an age. Um, mm-hmm. Gore Verbinski compared it uh, in an interview from SFX in November of 2007 to a postmodern Western. Mm-hmm. You got the railroads coming in to town, ending the era of the West, and the last surviving gunfighters and, and outlaws have to band together as all the myths are dying. Mm. And then he would later make just that very movie. Who knows? Who knows if that's what Lone Ranger's about? <laughs> I do know there's a big old train. Yeah, there is. Because that's my favorite part of the movie. It's everyone's favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's that's about it. Like, you know, I found this cool interview with Brockheimer where he was, you know, he was, you know, the, he was very proud of these movies, it seemed like, and, and enthusiastic towards the end, despite the... Uh, Divided critical reception. This was the highest grossing movie of 2006. Uh, grossing over a billion dollars. Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest. Yeah. The previous one. Right. And, uh, it, but was, you know, divided critically. And, like, I think it had, like, a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and was known right. for, like, compare, you know, call being bloated and overlong and overstuffed and boring. Right. And then this one had a 44. Yes. So even worse. Which Because mm-hmm, it, was, it was even longer. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I think, I think just, like, all... He, <laughs> I, I feel like it's so interesting watching modern film critics praise these movies up and down. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for it is just that, like, they were younger when exactly. these were coming out yeah. and were, I don't want to say, like, you know, I, I think it was just, it was made for them. It was yeah. not made for the old brethren of, of film critics, you know, <laughs> sure, who wanted, yeah. like, you know, movies from the seventies again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are they so weird and violent and horny? Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, no, I, I agree because like we are our sensibilities. We are what we watched growing up. And mm-hmm. you know, you and I are you know in our thirties now, and like we're at the age where you know the critics our age are like people who grew up. I know it is interesting because I can remember feeling kind of out of step with the critics I was reading at the time. Yeah. And that kind of formed my opinion a little bit of like, wait, why do I like this so much? But like Owen Lieberman or Roger Ebert or whatever are like, this is the worst. Yeah. And I think it's just because they're like, I do not want to be in a theater for three hours. I just don't. <laughs> Staring at just digital effects being thrown. Yeah. Out. Right. Um, oh, but there, there's something I wanted to ask you. And it was actually something I wanted to bring up in our Revolutions episode because I'm kind of fascinated by it. Um, so these movies were shot more or less back to back, very close together. Mm-hmm. Yes. significantly they are not sequels that had time to uh absorb the critical reception of the previous movie right yeah you know, and then go from there 
So right. like when we were doing our revolutions episode, I was thinking how different would this be if they had received feedback from reloaded? Yeah. Of like, make it less weird, make it less wordy, go back to basics. You know, would we have gotten the movie that we did? I, I don't know. Well, for one reloaded wouldn't end it on a cliffhanger. I don't think that's true. Even that. I, yeah. That'd be, different. yeah. I think that would have already been different. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't I guess because both those sequels are sequels that double down <laughs> on yeah. the, the things that made their part two so divisive to people. But I find this one a lot easier to understand. So like, OK, so in the last one, we talked about a lot about how I was having trouble, like juggling all the MacGuffins. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was like five of them in, yeah. in Dead Man's Chest. Yeah, the heart um, and the compass and the. Yeah. Y- right, right, right. And uh, 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 but also the chest because the chest and the heart were separate things. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. Um, this one though, there are no MacGuffins, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's all just character motivation. And then I got lost in that. So yes. you know, I wasn't getting lost in the MacGuffins of it all and the and the plot. The plot is very easy to understand in this one. Mm-hmm. It's just the the character machinations were difficult to keep track of this time yes yeah it's admirable Um, that that it is so based in like oh well this character would do this because they want this and mm -hmm. they would betray this character but yeah it just and we'll go into it in the walkthrough but it's cool there there, i did find a quote from gore verbinski where he considered dead man's chest when he was like in the writing process especially of primarily plot based and moving the story along Mm-hmm. And he was like, I like this third one because we're bringing it back to character based decisions. And I remember reading that and being like, but I'm not sure if it feels that way watching the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So this is one of the darkest openings to a Disney movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they ice a kid. Um, <laughs> just they just fucking ice him. He <laughs> sings a little him. song and then they kill this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it oh, is, please. I, I, I honestly, I think it is like the darkest shit ever that these pirates and pirate associates are in a queue to be hung. So they're just waiting in line, but they're not waiting in a line to ride pirates of the Caribbean. They're waiting in a line to get dropped off the gallows. Yeah. Um, that is fucked. Um, this, this it movie is. is messed up this is such a crazy opening and it's it's like really painting in broad strokes um i kept thinking about what a kind of for for a big mega blockbuster how radical and anti-imperialist imperialist imperialist this movie is Mm -hmm. and like the villains of this movie are the government like they are yes soldiers right or business right right and specifically, capitalism is the enemy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but like, you know, the final lines of the villain is it's just good business. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know that they would know. I don't know that they had a term for capitalism back then. But I mean, that's totally what this is, because they're like turning the they're they're merging the government with business. Um, yeah. And yeah. I don't think I got into this last week with Dead Man's Chest, but this is based on a very real institution that right. did very real, you know, horrors in right in the name of expansion and capitalism. 
Right. And so I don't know. It just makes was finally like, dismantled in the late 1800s, I think. Yeah, I think like 1888 or something crazy like that. Yeah, so, like, so it was centuries. it was around for like literally like 200 years. Yeah, and yeah, and, and yeah, and, and it just it's crazy. Oh, and also something I didn't bring up because um, I noticed this on the Pirates of the Caribbean like Twitter fan account that is now oh. the, the algorithm caught me. Oh, <laughs> like, oh okay. I'll start sending him pirate stuff. <laughs> um, all three of these first three movies start with different um, parts of the uh, pirate song, Yo Ho like hoist the colors yeah because like elizabeth sings it in part one mr gibbs sings it in part two and then right yeah have this and then this one ends with jack singing um but singing right. in like the upbeat version <laughs> <laughs> the fun upbeat version um man i would hate not knowing the words in that moment yeah oh my gosh uh so 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 yeah um they start singing that song and the soldier in this really like weird moment out of the context of what like you don't you don't know any of this going at the time but like he runs over to to um Lord Beckett uh, Lord Beckett and is like you know Lord Beckett they're singing and he's like finally and you're like what and then they kill the kid and it's just like I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, it isn't until it isn't like until like an hour later that you really like get what that meant. Um, yeah, they don't really like explain it, explain it until like an hour later that they're they're singing to like bring the pirate uh, lords together for uh, like, hey, right. the brethren, court. <laughs> save us! You gotta you you got you guys got to do something about this. Yeah, it's Beckett. Beckett really fascinates me because he's he seems to have almost like a geek like passion or enthusiasm for the world that he's actively destroying. Yeah. Yeah. Like he knows Brainiac in that way. Oh, is he? Yeah. I haven't because I haven't read I haven't read a lot of Brainiac comics. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Brainiac's whole thing is. It's just like I I need to like keep a a perfect like exhibit of all of these cultures uh, but okay. in order for for it to be up to date it has to be the last version of this culture so i'm going to save this aspect of the culture and then i'm going to destroy the culture oh wow. and then okay. their culture will always be saved in my museum he's like got this weird he's kind of yeah. crazy he's like ultron yeah little little ultron yeah for sure <laughs> Pretty much um, like what, like fifty years older than. Yeah, yeah, but um, Lord Beckett is, I think, one of the best villains in like a big blockbuster like this because of how like realistically portrayed he is. You know, mm-hmm. um, like these these this guy exists. Yeah, exactly. Even to yeah. this day. You know, like, you know, this guy, you see this guy on the news, you yeah. work for this guy. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. He, I think what makes him such a memorable villain is that he's able to leave such a mark in a movie full of like fish creature men mm-hmm. and like, you know, big, like theatrical pirates. He's just like this sleazy, not even sleazy. He's just like this. Yeah. Just this asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's, it's a great performance. Um, so then we cut to um, a slow-moving boat ride. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, through Finally. Singapore. Um, and it's a really beautiful set. It's gorgeous, uh, it, yeah. It's it's really, really gorgeous. Um, and Elizabeth is uh, singing the song of her people as she... <laughs> <laughs> As she floats through yeah. Singapore, um, and uh, and and her and Barbosa, who meets her there, um, go to talk to Sal Feng, played yes. by Chow Young Fak. Yes, um, and uh, he is one of the pirate lords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I've have I talked to you every time I watch this movie. I'm always reminded of how how strong like the Return of the Jedi vibes are, especially. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I think Dead Man's Chest and this movie have the best argument for like you know like that thing where it's like yeah we're doing like Empire Strikes Back with this yep, one for sure. This is the only time that I think that's ever actually worked and actually felt like it was trying to be Empire yeah. to Jedi that that switch. It's really capturing because it made me even th- it makes me think about okay what do I like about the opening of Return of the Jedi and. Mm-hmm. It's really cool catching up with these characters. Yeah. They're all in new positions, like Barbosa being back. Yeah. And slowly like, oh, wait, where's Will? Oh, Will's not with them. What's he doing? Oh, why are they over there? Mr. Gibson and Mr. Cotton, and they're over there, and they're all in this exciting new set, and they're alluding to stuff that's happened in between movies. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, time has passed. And yeah, they really got down to like the math of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's also, I think that it's... uh it's a really good idea to have not established the two main things introduced in this movie prior to this movie, at least not to my memory, that being Calypso and um, the fact that there are nine pirate Lords and a pirate King. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I don't think, yeah. Yeah. They didn't mention that in dead man's chest, either of those things. They introduce them in this movie and they play out in this movie. And I think that it's to the, the, the trilogy's benefit because it lets dead man's chest be focused. And then it lets you be able to watch this movie. And while it is tying up loose ends that they left open in dead man's chest, it's still, there's still new elements that if this, if you didn't watch dead man's chest and you just watch this one, there are elements that you can hook into. Um, yes, because you're not missing anything. You know what I mean? Compared to Revolutions, which is like right, you could literally just it, put it indecipherable. In <laughs> yeah, just completely <laughs> indecipherable without reloaded. Yeah, I think that's especially true in the way that it really seamlessly moves Davy Jones into a supporting role in this one. Yes, whereas he is so strongly like the main villain in Dead Man's Chest. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, I think the, the bathhouse, the Singapore set, is great. Um, more steam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, this sequence, the Singapore sequence specifically, I think about a lot. Um, and I don't know why that is, but there's something about the way that it's constructed and directed and, you know, the, the art direction and the sets and the costumes and just mm-hmm. everything about it. It just like, I don't know. Like I saw this movie at a matinee, like an early, like an early, like a morning matinee, like a, like mm-hmm. a ten thirty a.m. You know, yeah. Um, in Florida in the summer in the Florida heat, <laughs> you know, and it's just like 
there's just there's something about the vibes in this sequence in particular that just feels like like just a just a really good ma- like action adventure yeah, matinee, like a, you know? Absolutely. And you know it's funny listening to you. Another influence that I don't think gets brought up enough a lot. It does, but in, in a weird way is Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Of uh, the Indiana Jones movies are always more violent than you remember them. Yeah. And this Singapore sequence. I mean like when that when the twins when her sister gets shot in the head mm. and you actually see like like I was like oh my god like it's you know it's just like it's upsetting but remember and it's I think it's the same way that a lot of the violence you remember in the Indiana Jones movies and it brings like a weight a pulpy kind of weight to those movies yeah absolutely um so there's this great scene where uh, they're going through security and uh, Elizabeth has to like get undressed to like lose all of her weapons because she was totally just going to use the fact that she was a woman and just yeah. waltz right in with like a shitload of guns um, and her slow unloading of all of those guns. And that one that is like like strapped to the back of her thigh or something and it's just sure. this gigantic shotgun mm-hmm. um, is bonkers. Uh, it's 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 really yeah, good. That, that, it's, was, that was a lot of fun. It's like reminding me of Beyond Thunderdome. I was going to say it kind of it's the right kind of goofiness. Yeah. And it's and it also kind of low key shows you Elizabeth how much she's grown. Yeah, of uh, she's only gotten further into like badass pirate mode, and now she's just like yeah. strapped to the gills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, she's uh, rad as hell in this movie. Um, oh my gosh, full yeah, <laughs> full stop. She this rules. is her. She she's she's the Luke in this. She's Return of the Jedi Luke. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You're right. That's she's cool. like she's optimized. She's reached like peak Elizabeth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so they save Will. Yeah. Uh, Will Man, was there I'm... to like st- steal a map or something, right? Yeah, she's, he's the Han. Right, right. Um, well, I'm... I mean, technically, <laughs> I, yes, it, the analogy isn't perfect because yeah, it's no, like, absolutely. yeah, yes, but at the same time, also Jack is kind of Han, so it's like. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it mixes and matches. Yeah, he's more like C-3PO. Um <laughs> I'm in love <laughs> with the swords coming up through the floor trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So badass. It is really cool. But it also has like an edge of goofiness to it. Yes. Of of just like that's a really like that's a that's a really dorky move. Um <laughs> it works out, but like that's pretty it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's a dorky plan. Um we'll get underneath the we'll get underneath and we'll we'll run the swords up through the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. Um, so anyway, so they save Will and they're like, yeah, we're going to have to like parlay the Lords uh, to like figure mm-hmm. out what we're going to do about all of this. But we got to go get Jack first because he's one of the pirate Lords, which is the first we've ever heard of Jack being referred to as a pirate Lord. And because he's a pirate Lord and has not given his Lordship over to someone else. Yeah. They have to drag him out of hell. He, um, <laughs> he didn't get the chance to pass on his piece, his piece of eight. To a right. successor. Right, right. So. It also kind of corrects. We we brought up. Not corrects. But remember Dead Man's Chest. We brought up how kind of awkward it is that Calypso was like, hey, you know it would be awesome? Saving Jack. Let's go save Jack Sparrow. They kind of. They give a more mythy reason for why they have to do it. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that Lord Beckett is now in full control of Davy Jones because he got the heart from Norrington at the end of the mm-hmm. last movie. 
Um, so now Davy Jones is just doing his bidding, which is uh, uh, real cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's real cool. Yeah. It it honestly, again, going back to Star Wars, it's a real like Emperor Palpatine and Lord Vader vibes. Yeah. Here. It's it's great. I love how uneasy their alliance is mm-hmm. of of like, yeah, you're like this is like they they both feel like equal villains and they just each have their own machinations going on. Yeah. I love that every scene between of between the two of them, Davy Jones is like, I'm Davy fucking Jones. And Beckett's like, I'm Lord, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. sit down. What are you going to do? <laughs> like, <It's>, I just <laughs> love that whole vibe between them. Yeah, it, it's great. And it really makes – it really puffs out the world. Of, yeah. Like, this this whole this whole cast of characters are so full of life and danger. It almost is, like, you know, the, why we like watch, watching comic book movies, of seeing all these big personalities in one story. Yeah. Um, so while that's going on – uh, the Pearl crew, who are just like on some other like random ship, uh, they drive out to the to the edge of the world, fall off a cliff in mm-hmm. the ocean, and uh, and end up in the underworld. And then this is where we meet back up with Jack, who yes. is in hell on the ocean that has been like dried up. Um, yeah, and and there's like hundreds of him. Like the whole crew is is a bunch of Jacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's Cal- a lot. So Calypso <laughs> makes a point right before they go off the edge of the earth because the yeah. two best friend pirates are um, conversing. And one of them asks, like, well, how come we can't just bring Jack back like we did Barbosa? And Calypso's like, well, because Barbosa just died. Jack got taken, dragged down to Davy Jones's locker. Right. He's not just dead. He's like, he, like, he got dragged to hell. Right. Right. And now we have this to is- save him. This is different. We can't just mm-hmm. revive him. They also don't even have a body to revive. Yes, that's true. Yeah. He, so he Barbosa's like body didn't go anywhere. He just died. Yeah, they could. They just took. They just took his body off the Isla de Muerta. Right. Right. So, um, so what they do you think go... about how trippy that is, though? Like the multi-jack sand dune ship stuff. It's very trippy, and it reminds me a lot of Ranko. Yes. Good. Good pull. Yeah, a lot of Rango vibes in this in these sequences. That absurdist um, sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and also a desert. But yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's this really, uh, really like messed up scene where they're they're going through like the Arctic in their ship, and they're all just like they don't have coats yeah. or anything, so they're all just like freezing. And, like, this one pirate, like, pulls his toe off and is, like, freaking out about that. And I'm like, wait, if that guy is cold enough that his toe snaps off, how <laughs> what, how are you all acting like this is no big deal? <laughs> like, Yeah, I think I think it's like the movie Gore Verbinski really pushes it into this. It's kind of goes, goes back to the Elizabeth Swan like, gun gag from earlier of mm-hmm. it's just this side of reality. It's kind of, it kind of even reality in these movies is a little hyper real. Yeah. Um, like the dog coming back later, right? That's true. But also that know. quote. There's something. Did I bring up the how the the grossness factor that Rubinsky's been into since the beginning of these movies? Uh, I mean, you talked about the violence, not necessarily the grossness factor. Going back to movie one, he really liked the idea of the pirates, just normal pirates, being like rotting, like almost like the living dead. Yeah, like 
because like they would have tetanus, they would have gangrene, they would their yeah. skin would be horrible. And so like if you go back and look, every pirate is like gross to a degree. Yeah. Well, I mean, when they when they fall into the uh, into the water and then they come out in hell and they can drag themselves out of the water, you know, and they've been in the water swimming through the water for who knows how long. Right. Mm -hmm. And they are all soaked and they get out and they're all greasy and disgusting. And I'm just like, you were in that water all that time and it didn't clean you guys up one iota. Like, no. It did nothing. Um, that <laughs> really just, shows you something. It's How part many of layers of grease they're just <laughs> covered in. Um, I clocked it. I think it's forty minutes when Jack reunites with the rest of the cast. Yeah. So like, there's all these crabs. Who we these like rock crabs? Mm -hmm. Who we learn later is like a personification of Calypso, right? I think they were kind of different looking crabs. Okay, I just was like, I, I, I just thought like, well, a bunch of crabs doing something. That's Calypso. <laughs> that must be her, right? Because that's what that's what happens later. I like it. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll allow it. <laughs> um, and, and the fact that like the crab like went up to her, like the oh, first crab that's... that arrived went up to yes. her, and she was like, "Jack's closer than you think." Then, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, good. Yeah, so I think they're her. I think I think she has no powers in reality right, in, in the living but in in davy jones's locker her powers still work to a certain yeah, degree she could like beckon jack to them right right and i think the only reason that he got out the only time that the rock turned into a crab that didn't happen until after they fell over the edge and she uh, was in davy jones's locker yes yeah yeah in the underworld mm -hmm. um so the rock crabs move the pearl to the water. Jack is a little crazy. He doesn't um, think any of them are real. Right, right. Um, he eventually gets convinced uh, and then makes the revelation that Elizabeth set right. him up to die. Yeah. Which Will he is like mad about, but also like relieved. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we, we up to this point. They've been really frosty towards one another, Will and Elizabeth, because yeah. Will just remembers the kiss and thinks that, like, Elizabeth loves Jack or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they all get back on the boat and then they're uh, they're heading back. And um, oh, earlier we got the we got the exposition about the green flash. Uh, oh, yeah. Being being like a bridge to the after the to the underworld, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, that'll be a, a nice setup for later. But um, they figure out, uh, well, first of all, they're, they're floating through because they're like, oh, we have to go to, to sundown um, yeah. and then Down we'll be up. back in reality. But then they do that and it doesn't work. Um, but while they're like waiting to like figure out what they should actually be doing, um, a bunch of lifeboats pass them. Mm -hmm. And uh, these are the souls of people who have died heading into the to the afterlife. Yeah. And one of them um, contains Governor Swan in his only one of two scenes in this movie. Um, one being behind a desk doing paperwork and then handed a list of people who will be executed and him being like, oh, bother. And then <laughs> and then he's dead off camera. I I hate it. Every time I see this fucking movie, I always think I like was on my phone or went to get tea or something and I missed a scene. But you're right. That that's it. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, what was it that he did that caused him to be executed? I, if I remember correctly, he he it it sounds like he just saw the chest. <laughs> it sounds like he just noticed that because it didn't sound like he had a plan or he was going to steal it. Or at least I right. didn't take that away. It, he was just like, yeah, there's a chest, and if you kill the chest. If you kill the heart, then you have to be the captain. Anyway, of the, that of the of the, of the <laughs> blind Dutchman. Anyway, I died. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very nonspecific. How I think or it would why been, he was executed. I think it would have been funnier if he learned what he needed to learn, but then he had a heart attack. <laughs> no, I just. She's like, because Elizabeth is like desperately trying to throw him a rope to get him on board so they can yeah. take him back, like Jack. And number one, that wouldn't work because his body is in the other world. So there can't mm. be two of him, right? So they would have to like revive him from his body, Barbosa style, not yeah. drag him through the uh, to, through the underworld. Um, yeah, and his body. There is are like rules. Flo- <laughs> they make sense. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his body is like floating down Port Royal right now. Like, right. Right. Um, but yeah, it would have been great if he was just like, no, 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 I just died. No, no, I, I died. I'd been, I had a heart attack. Yeah. No, I'm just an old man, Elizabeth. I'm just I, dead. I've eaten nothing but sweet puffs for 15 years. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, yeah. Are, no, are, it's a bummer that that's it for him. Like that's how he, he goes out is he just s- ceases to exist. Yeah. R.I.P. to Governor Swan, a, a, a silly, silly man. Yeah. But you know. He, he he was out. He always kind of seemed out of step with the series, you know, like he was just not built for rip roaring, swashbuckling adventure. Yeah. He's got some really great moments in the first and second movie, though. Um, yeah. It's just too bad that they done him dirty here. I he's get, a, you, there, there's a few characters in this movie that they're just like, we just we need less characters. Can we just kill some <laughs> of these guys? Well, yeah, I think there is a because um, I think they. By the time we get to three, it gets so much darker in tone, yeah. That certain characters just struggle to adapt to what the movies become, yeah. And I think Governor Swan is like the highlight of that, of his kind of foppish, like see here, like it works really well in Curse of the Black Pearl. But as things get more like war movie, like it's right. like what is this character's purpose? Right, right, absolutely. Um. So he's dead. There's no saving him, and we never see him again. R.I.P. Yeah, Mr. Governor. Uh, uh, Calypso says because they're like, well, "Why can't we bring him back?" Like, well, he's at peace. Yeah, and you're right. Like, there are rules. Like, yeah, Bar- Barbosa didn't die peacefully. <laughs> right, right. He didn't want to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't think he wanted to die either. But I think he accepted his death as opposed to Barbosa. Yeah, I think it's about whether in, in the world of this movie, if you have some kind of purpose still driving you, right? And right. you can. I mean, I mean, Price plays it so well. He's kind of resigned in a peaceful way, of like, yeah. no, no, I'm. That's okay. I'm. I'm. I'll see your mom. Yeah. It really matter. Um, anymore. and then in a very like. In a very almost like Sam Raimi Army of Darkness scene, we get two little Jacks that like pop out behind Jack's ears, um, like a little angel yeah. and a little devil on his shoulder, mm-hmm. um, telling him what he should do. It's yeah, weird. Ver- it's yeah, because like Verbinski really grabbed hold of the idea that they're not strictly in the world of the living right now. 
Yeah. And just takes the idea and runs with it. Because you're right. Yeah, this is like this did not have to be communicated this way. No, no. Um, um, but they realize that they need to like spin the ship over yeah. as the sun is going down. And then the water will like shift and yeah. then they'll be in the real world. And also this is where the two little jacks are whispering about, hey, if you kill the heart, you get to just be Jack Sparrow forever and like mm-hmm. roam the seven seas. Like, but you can't, you can't have sex and you can't, you know, stop on Tortuga whenever you want. And it's really cool. I feel like it's going back to the conversations we were having last week of like, what does this guy actually want? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's motivating him. Right. Right. Yeah. Like he doesn't even know really. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, if he took over, um, if he took over that ship, became the new Davy Jones, like the curse, the Jones curse would take him as well because he would never be able to do that responsibly, do that job. Responsibly. <laughs> he would very quickly forget to ferry the dead to their yeah. final resting place. Right. And he was just like, no, fuck that. I just want to be a pirate. <laughs> and then his whole like, that head, is not the purpose of this. His whole head would be an octopus. Yes. Mm-hmm. His hair would be tentacles instead of his beard. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably he would have true. two little tentacles that are those two little weird beard things that he has. Yeah. Yeah. And then a bunch of other like hair tentacles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Just glooping and glopping around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's, yeah. That's like the when we does... learn about like the Dutchman's 10 year curse and mm-hmm. Calypso and all of that is what we're learning about Calypso and all of that right here in this, yes. in this period of, um, yeah, the ship. Uh, you know, over and I really like the running back and everyone running back and forth. There's just mm-hmm. like a real sense of fun that keeps this movie going. Yeah. Of, of like everybody has to run back and forth. Like, I don't think they ever forgot that this is based on a on a ride. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a literal reference to the ride. Yeah. What did you um, think of that? Yeah, I love that. Uh, when we when we first go back to Jack. Um, we get a, we get literally like dialogue from the ride, like right ripped right out of the ride Mm -hmm. of the dead men tell no tales. Yeah. Um, which if the last, I, I am going to pitch the fact that like, I don't think, I think at world's end is a terrible title for this movie. Um, and I don't like, I don't love dead men's chest for the previous one either. Ooh. I, I think the last movie should have been called Davy Jones's locker. Because Ooh. that's a pirate term that we all recognize, and Davy yeah. Jones is the villain in that one. Mm-hmm. And then this one should have been called Dead Man Tell No Tales, because there are dead men all over the place in this movie. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. Barbosa, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, de- right, and Will, eventually. Yeah. And yeah, so... Where, where I, it's I, like... I, please. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, At World's End is just, like, very generic, I think. Um, and... But, um, I know you haven't seen Dead Man Tell No Tales, right. but I don't remember. It feels like by the time we get to that movie, they're like, what's left? Right. What's a pirate phrase? Okay, stick it, stick it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been, uh, from what <laughs> I know about the next two sequels, I have been mulling over a theory, and I'm going to see if my theory is going to be proven correct as we mm-hmm. watch those next two movies, because... Mm-hmm. Um, 
it all has to do with the fact that I believe the franchise, this version on the franchise with these characters should have ended with this movie. Um, For sure. This should have been the end. There's no reason to keep going. Uh, you made a decision to tell one story across three movies, and that's it. But I think that they're trying to like figure it out, the next two movies, and they try a couple of things. Um mm-hmm. I think from what I know well, about those two movies. And it kind of that's starting to make more sense now that I've learned more about where Disney was at the time of the the franchise's inception mm-hmm. of this was like their first prize animal, you know, their first right. The thing that brought them into the billion dollar club after a decade of half a decade of flopping around. Um, right. And so it's like it it's so weird seeing them transition from like it, the competition to like there is no competition, and we kind of talked about that throughout the series. Yeah, but like, yeah, there's a there's a maximalism to this movie, of like spare no expense, throw it at the screen because like this was their movie that year, right, right. Um, but then after this, it's yes. just like, well, what's left because we already did everything. Yeah, for and, sure. I mean, this is, and like, as we learned, there was nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of also reminds me of like I think Sam Raimi would have made a really good pirates movie. I agree. I think he his name was bandied about in some of those sequels. I I oh, seem cool. to remember that at the time, especially with that last one. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he was they had at least brought him in for a meeting to be like, hey, maybe you want to direct this, and and I think he was just like, oh no, I couldn't possibly. Those are, those are exhausting. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah. on water for all of that. Because <laughs> like sixty-five years old, I don't want to do that. Because I love Sam Raimi movie. Because every Sam Raimi movie feels like he is throwing everything that he has at the screen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so they're they're uh, uh, they're back in the living world now. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool sequence. The 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 whole the whole ship flip scenario is a really cool sequence. The water draining. All of that is a really cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, love it a lot. Uh, and then we get, let's see. So, okay. Hey, man, <laughs> so take your time. They're ba- yeah, so they're back in the living world. I My next note says that Will makes a deal slash mutiny for the Pearl. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they they come out. And while other people were inside, Will makes a deal with Chow Yun-Fat. Right. And by proxy, the East India Trading Company. And Elizabeth's like, Will, how could you? You didn't tell me. And Will was like, we're fighting right now. Deal with it. Like, this is how it is. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of Will's heel turn. Mm-hmm. He's kind of over at this side of the playground for a, a good chunk of the movie. How, how did right. that land for you? Um, he just had a one track mind with saving his dad. He has this, he felt that it was the most honorable thing that he could do, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, cause he made but, a promise. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, the one track mind, it's, it's a lot. Um, uh, it, it, it can be a lot, you know, uh, but it is, it was very easy to track his, uh, <laughs> where he was at, I guess, emotionally. Um, right. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, and then Jack makes a deal with Beckett um, or attempts to make a deal. And Beckett is just like, why would I make a deal with you? I have all the power. Mm-hmm. And Jack is like, fair enough. And then just like <laughs> flips back over to the other ship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that cannon jump stunt's really cool. It is. 
It is very cool. Um, and Sao uh, Fang believes that Elizabeth is the like human right. Calypso because Barbosa tells uh, uh, what, what's what's the character's name? Um, Sao Fang. Sao Fang. That is like I have Calypso embodied in a woman, but like right. yeah, he takes it to me and Elizabeth. Right. Instead of the other woman who's yeah, standing Tia right next to Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I just, I, it's just so funny because like I, it's, it's interesting that a movie uses like canonical, uh, like, like canonical systemic racism to like, Make it so that a character doesn't even think that the actual Calypso could possibly be Calypso because they're not even they're like, oh, well, obviously it's the white woman. It oh, has to be. Okay. you know what I mean? I, I took I, I took it watching the movie of like, oh, he remembers her from Singapore and saw uh-huh. her in action then. And uh-huh. was like, oh, it has to be her. Oh, OK. Yeah. I don't know. I guess if you want my to be feeling charitable. Is like. My my feeling is like I I just I look at Naomi Harris in this movie and I'm like how could anyone not think she's Calypso? Which one of like you she... is a sea witch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it the is it is, the... it is it the one with black teeth who talks in riddles or with like a with it... like a, a starfish living on the side of her head? <laughs> yeah, or or is it this uh, this woman who used to be a governor's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so then, so the deal is like, okay, I'll help you guys if I get to take Elizabeth back to my ship. Um, right. Where in the span of like, maybe if I'm being charitable, like 90 seconds, mm-hmm. he, um, like tries to assault her is killed and then is like, Hey, Sorry. You're the here's my coin. You're the captain of the ship. You're a pirate lord now. Yeah. Look at me. You're the captain now. <laughs> now. <laughs> it's uh, it's nuts. Yeah. Um you know, I've I, I I thought watching this movie about like, you know, the way the world of the movie treats Elizabeth and how it can be kind of like skeevy sometimes where she's like ogled at and like you know, humiliated in a way that, you know, it has to do with everything to do with her gender, you know, right. Uh, right. throughout the trilogy of right. like, you have to do this naked or blah, 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 blah. Like take off your clothes or whatever. And, and it's like, you know, not, not, not even trying to like defend that or whatever, but it's just, it was like interesting how that kind of, to me watching this adds to highlight the, the struggle that this character works through to get to like, Elizabeth Swan Pirate King. Yeah. Hell yeah. You, you know, like yeah. it all just kind of adds like, God, look at the freaking odds that she had to survive. You have like, it's true. Maneuver around. Right. Um, no, it's, that's, that's absolutely true. And it's, it's crazy that all of the times in which she sort of like earns her stripes in the eyes of the other pirates. Right. Cause mm-hmm. every time that she's put into a position of power, they're like, Oh, fuck you. Like, mm-hmm. A warbird. Like you're 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 the cat. Like you're the you're... captain now. Like oh, she's a pirate. Oh fuck you, she's a pirate. You're the captain now. Oh fuck you, she's the captain. You know. Yeah. And then it's like it's like oh, she's the king. Oh fuck you, she's the king. You know. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like every time. <laughs> 
But yeah. like she she always proves herself and every time that she proves herself and wins the other pirates over, it always feels completely earned because of how often she was like shot down or or right. what have you. Yeah. Now when she it, comes out the other side more powerful mm-hmm, commanding um, and like you more know, commanding, just... you're like, Oh yeah, of course they would go for this. Like look look at her. Look at what she's doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like he, like she sells it because like you know this isn't an uncommon trope in fantasy storytelling, but like you buy it, and I think Kira Knightley just sells it. And oh yeah, like you know when he gets to her at the end of this movie. But yeah, you're right. Like like uh, South Fang's men are like you're not the captain. Fuck you. Yeah. But then immediately sell her out to get her right. like in trouble. And then she doesn't sell them out, and then she's he's like they're like oh I oh. guess you're okay then yeah oh, oh okay I guess the you are will, captain. The crew will remember that. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the Dutchman, uh, the Dutchman crew, Davy Jones and the Dutchman crew are who attacked. Um, Davy Jones and the Dutchman crew is a great band name. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so they attack um, along with Norrington, who is uh, taking the place of Beckett, basically, as like Beckett's like liaison. Liaison, yeah, to the Dutchman crew so that they don't, like, fuck off. I Um, love, I'm in love with the Dutchman crew working alongside the Navy crew. Yes. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird and great. I love it. (laughs) Um, So, basically, Norrington is like, well, what are you doing here? And they're like, she's our captain now. (laughs) And and he's like, you're a pirate captain? What the hell is... (laughs) I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been asleep for a little while, and people have delusions of grandeur. It's like, <laughs> it's that kind of vibe for sure. How's your dad? Uh, he's dead. What? He's dead. No. What? Last time I saw him, he was sitting behind that little desk signing execution papers. Yeah, he seemed to be having a good time. Well, <laughs> we exchanged a meaningful look of like this. He is was right. around for a good time, not a long time, as it turns <laughs> that's out. He, that's what he always said. <laughs> As he put on his powdered so, wig, he's dead now. Your 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 little your little buddy killed him, had him killed, whatever. <laughs> um, and Norrington yeah. is like, oh, and she's like, you have to decide what side you're yeah, choose on. Your, choose your side. And then Norrington busts her out, um, mm-hmm. but gets killed in the process by Bootstrap Bill. By Bootstrap Bill, who is like losing himself to the ship. Yes. Yeah. Because there, yeah. there's a heartbreaking scene when when Elizabeth is still in prison, where Bootstrap has become part of the ship now, and he's like, you know, full Peggy Carter and Winter Soldier. You know, right. like you'll see, we'll we'll come back and we'll we'll be best dads and sons forever. Yeah. But then he's like, no, because he has to choose. He'd have to choose right. between you and the Dutchman. He would never choose me. Right. Right. I have a um, barnacle for a body. Yeah. And so he kills Norrington, but Norrington's last thing as a character is he does like attempt to redeem himself. Yeah. Um, by trying to get her out of there. But, Wins uh, a kiss from Elizabeth. Yeah. But once again, they're just like, I, I mean, I'm looking at the watch and like, there's a lot of characters. So like, can we just, <laughs> can we ice a couple of these guys? Like, right. Yeah. It's it's cool, but yeah, they're like, okay, now he's wrapped up. We're we're done, right? I I, re- I really love the little detail that it's bootstrap that kills him. Mm-hmm. It just kind of makes it feel like like Les Mis, mm-hmm. like an epic. Like every little character has 
a, de- a small destiny in the story of even if it's tragic, it just kind of makes it all. I think that's like the little things that make it really feel epic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, so Norrington's dead again. He's in two scenes, I think. <laughs> I think he might um, be in exactly as many scenes as as Commod- as, as uh, Elizabeth's dad. He's in that one little cabin scene. Yeah, and then he's here, and then he and then he's iced. Um, at least he gets iced on screen. Oh, that's true. I love Davy Jones is such a bastard. He like he looks at Norrington's sword and he's like, "This is a good sword. It's mine now," and just keeps it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Elizabeth and her crew escape. Yeah, there is a a pirate lord parlay, the the big meeting um, mm-hmm. that happens, and they have to decide number one who the new pirate king should be, and number two whether or not they should free Calypso and bring back the age of the pirates. Yeah, um, in full form because Calypso is like this sort of. Uh, Sea god, sea mm-hmm. witch, friend of pirates. Yeah. It's like the idea. But lately she hasn't been working on their side because of all of the Davy Jones nonsense. But Yeah, they bound her in human form and because right. she was getting too uncontrollable. Like Barbosa right. says, like, you know, we thought that that would make the world, like, more easier to traverse and control. And it was, but at what cost? Right. Look right. at what the world's become since we we took away Calypso from the sea, right? Right. Uh, what do you um, what, what do you think of the Brethren Court? It's all right. I I <laughs> I wish it was. I wish it was like a little more interesting. I think in general, getting the government involved and like, <laughs> look, there are no winners in this world. Um, the government is bad, right? Uh, like they, they've well established that the government sucks in this, in these movies. <laughs> um, and are, are, uh, you know, uh, ruining the world. Mm-hmm. But then because the government exists and like reality exists outside of the pirate world, we have to like by default make the pirates the good guys However, pirates were bad. Like yeah. pirates are bad people and they, like they, they rape yeah. and pillage and steal from innocent people. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not really rooting for them either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's um, why Norrington hates them. Right. And so like I look at the pirates and and they're like, yeah, the p- pirate life it represents freedom and I'm like I know, but it, but like you guys are assholes. Like <laughs> Right, yeah. It it, yeah. it I think that is something that lives in the sequels more than in the first one yeah the the first one is a little more grounded in that you see firsthand that pirates aren't good people right they're cowardly they betray you they will rob you they will kill you if it benefits them yeah they'll betray each other they'll betray each other you can understand why characters like you know not even norrington but even will in that first movie is like yeah fuck pirates pirates killed my dad right Right. And and in this in the in these you're right. By the time we get to the third one, they're like the Rebel Alliance. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they're not the Rebel Alliance. Like, yeah, it's cool that they're like dismantling the the Tea Party or whatever the hell, but like 
you know, they're just going to go back. They're like, all right, we did it. Uh, okay, so what? where are we hey, going to dock ship. and rape and pillage? Yeah, like yeah. it's they're, they're <laughs> monsters. Like they're, they're really bad people. Right, like the um, the closest thing to normal people we meet, arguably, are the crew that get destroyed by the the Kraken. Right, yeah, because those were just sailors. They were like hired by a company to deliver stuff to a place. Right, totally. Um, so, like, what yeah. do they think of all this? Yeah. So, what do so they think, think of the end of piracy or the world getting smaller and all these things yeah. that? Yeah, I I appreciate what they're trying to do, but I think what what the movie fails to do is ever win me over to the side of pirates, regardless of how much it attempts to, mm-hmm. um, and make pirates heroes. I just I'm never going to view them as heroes. They're bad people. Do you think that's a part of the movie that benefits from, like, uh, you know, we were talking about how this hit the hit this hit millennials at the right era, uh huh. Like when you're 14, 15, 16, you're a little more like, oh, yeah, pirates, Johnny Depp, do whatever you yeah. want, play all they day. They just seem punk rock instead punk rock. of what they actually are. Yeah. You're murderers and rapists and thieves. Right. Yeah. I, cause, and again, like if all of this stuff, like the pirate lords and the pirate king and all of that shit, if that had all been established within just. The pirate world and like we never saw the outside world of of like what the pirates actually do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, what are pirates? It's like in in Treasure Island. Like they just right. we have they fun. know that there's a treasure and they flew around and they go yeah. and they try and find the treasure and that's like, it. That's what they do. They one they dock for a while, they get drunk, you know. <laughs> They're a little rowdy. They pay they pay sex workers like good yeah. money to like, you know. <laughs> a friend of the do common what they're man. there for like they, yeah. you know that's it if that had been the thing then that's one thing but like literally they turn like bulk and skull into like uh, these like really goofy side characters and in the first movie they're like ready to like yeah no yeah sexually they're ready to... assault elizabeth you yeah know, they, they certainly i mean they certainly even in dead man's chest there's that scene where they're like like when they think that she's defenseless and vulnerable. They turn on her and are getting ready to attack her. But yeah. then, but then the Davy Jones crew. Go, and it's like in that movie, it works because like you understand like, oh yeah, they're all this whole movie. They're all bastards to some degree. Right. But then when they try to turn it into like the battle of Endor in this movie. Yeah. It, I think you get swept away in it and it works while you're watching it. But then like, you know, like when they're all saying goodbye to each other at the end, like goodbye, Barbosa, goodbye, Bulk and Skull. And I'm like, what a journey. What a journey they've all been on, been on together. I know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I appreciate that the Brethren Court, because like a theme of the movie that Barbosa and Jack bring up when they find the Kraken's carcass on the beach is mm-hmm. that like the world's getting smaller, but no, the world's still the same size. Just There's just less in it. And, yeah. you know, weirdly, right before we recorded this, I was watching a YouTube video uh, where this YouTuber, they were just kind of breaking down the concept of minimalism mm-hmm. and, you know, minimalism as a concept or like a, an aesthetic that people follow and um, a kind of unintended or maybe semi-intended side effect of minimalism is it sort of nullifies so much of what makes a culture, a culture as far as clothing or style or aesthetic or decoration mm-hmm. is in the details. Right. And how big and colorful and intricate and 
even if it's not serving a purpose, you know? Yeah. And so when I see the brethren court and they all are all just wearing these like big extravagant costumes, it really is not, you know, like wardrobe, their wardrobe is based. You can really tell like, Oh, they're from this part of the world. They're from that part of the world. And it's right. kind of hyper real in the way that the rest of the pirates style has been. But to me, it just kind of accentuates what the movie's saying about, look, this is how, this is a more colorful, interesting world than what the East India trading company are trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's oversimplifying each individual culture sure. to basically become fantasy creatures. Sure. Um, you know? like but, like but then, but I was thinking about that, too, because it goes back to why I mentioned the Gore Verbinski thing about, like, all the pirates are, like, gross and rotting and yeah. filthy and have, like, horrible teeth and horrible skin. But when, but in the, you know, primarily the first two movies, you, you saw people of color like pop up, but primarily yeah. the pirates were like English and white. Right. And in this movie, we do see different cultures interpreted through the pirates of the Caribbean lens. And, you know, you kind of feel it in Singapore and you feel it in the brethren court of like, there's like, like you said, it almost feels like they're in, they're taking away the humanity of these characters. Uh-huh. But, but then like, you know, Rigetti's eye is constantly popping out and like has like one tooth. And it's just weird how the consequences of moving things into this weird filter of the pirates universe right right yeah do you have do you have a favorite pirate lord crew oh the, i mean the cubans i have to oh okay <laughs> they all look like my uncles and my grandpa sure sure i think there's something that i find very um endearing about the french ones because they're like all wearing like cake white makeup and lipstick yeah. and powdered wigs and shit yeah, I wish they were different from the. I, I wish the Spanish ones and the French ones were more different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, but yeah, I th- it's it's interesting. But then we're introduced to the keeper of the pirate code. Yes, Captain T. Um, yes, uh, Jack Sparrow's father, played by Keith Richards, mm-hmm. which was I remember how big of a deal this was when this happened. And they kept right. it. They kept it on the DL, right? I don't remember if I was surprised or if there were like rumors. Yeah, but I definitely remember being like, everyone was really excited when it finally happened. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Captain? I mean, was it, was it like a big surprise for you when when you went and saw it? Uh, I just remember, I I re- like. When he was introduced, I remember being surprised, but also being like, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> like they have to you do know, this. Like, yeah, of course, that's who this is going to be. Um, I, had kind I, of a, I do a not I do not care for the house mom joke. Oh, uh, OK. The 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 my, my mom is a shrunken head that mm-hmm. I, I didn't care for that. Um, but sure. uh, other than that, uh, it's you know, I want to know what their deal is. Like, I want to know more about Jack's like. um childhood like what was he like i'm gonna remember that you up. said that okay <laughs> i'm gonna remember that you asked for that <laughs> well i just i'm just curious no, about like I, what he I, would be like then i think I you're know. no i agree with you actually i had this thought of like i had a thought and then i was like what are you thinking that's awful of like wow you could just do a young captain teague series but yeah like he would just be like jack sparrow right but the idea of like 
there's hundreds of years worth of adventures where the world was even wilder and crazier than it is now. Yeah. Is you could have very easily done a young young Jack Sparrow Chronicles, like young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't do that. Yeah. As Johnny Depp is becoming more of like a like a living mummy. Right. I wonder if he has some sort of ownership on the character, though, where they can't cast somebody oh, else as the character. That's a good point. Without his approval or something. Because it's because like technically Jack Sparrow was created by that guy that won Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. Yes. But that was a name. Right. Like at what point? Like, I guess at some point he would have had to have signed a likeness contract or something. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting like, to think, think about. about. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think, I think it's a good performance. I mean, I know Keith Richards isn't, isn't primarily an actor, but like, it doesn't take you out of the movie. He feels, and he doesn't feel like Jack. He has like his own, he's not as like goofy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because Keith Richards was only like partially in partially the inspiration for. Yes. Jack Sparrow's character. Mm. Um, you know, also it, is wine. Fun, it, it is interesting that everyone is like, oh, yeah, he's obviously based on Keith Richards. But like Keith Richards is like a very quiet character, mm-hmm. like like a guy like he's a very quiet presence yeah. in in, <laughs> in not Rolling like... Stones interviews. Like he's not. That's more <laughs> Mitch Jagger's right. Mick Jagger's vibe. You know, he's more... he never showed up in one of these. Yeah. Right. I know. Doesn't Paul McCartney show up at some point? I had a depressing discovery during the Captain Teague scene. Yeah. There are more pirate movies with weird rock star cameos than without. Oh. Because. So there's weird rock star cameos in the next two movies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know Paul McCartney is one of them. I remember Mm -hmm. that. And people being like, why? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what the other one could be. I, I don't know that I've heard about that one. I don't know whether to tell you or not, because I don't, I don't want to get your hopes up too much. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's someone it's someone cool, but the execution is not cool. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That, that's technically true. Um, <laughs> but you're, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I don't know. I, I think this whole... Uh, oh, Shipwreck's, uh, Shipwreck Cove is also a really cool set. It is a cool set. It is. It is a very cool set. It is one of... Like three times that we're on land in this <laughs> it's, movie. It's kind of like Pirate Zion. Yeah, absolutely. Because they say, like, why why fight? We can fortify and be here for years just drinking rum and having sex before we even they even have to worry about them breaching the wall. And yeah. Elizabeth's like, no, we have to fight. Yeah. And you're like, you are the worst pirate king ever. It's the worst pirate um, king thing I ever yeah, so the the idea of like the the pirate king, so so um, it's that it's Jack's dad is like the de facto pirate king right now, mm-hmm. right? Because keeper of the code, keeper of the code, uh, and they're like they're like let's do a vote for the pirate king, and Barbosa's like, oh, goddamn vote! Look, everybody just votes for themselves, so nothing ever gets done. This is stupid. I'm gonna vote for myself because <laughs> I'm a goddamn pirate. I'm a narcissist, like all the rest of these fucking people and so he's like yeah let's do a vote anyway so everyone votes for themselves including elizabeth and then jack is the last to vote and he also votes for elizabeth therefore with two votes making elizabeth king pirate just to be chaotic yep and uh, i love how kira knightley sells that her elizabeth volunteering is like well fuck it you know why not like not expecting to get it 
Right. Right. And I love it, too, because it's, it's so funny because Barbosa's like, everybody votes for themselves. No one is going to win. She's like, well, I'm a pirate, so I'm going to vote for myself. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Which I like because she's smart enough to be like, well, we really do need somebody. To, so I'll vote for Barbosa or whatever. Like, Right, yeah. Like, she could have totally broken it that way, but then <laughs> she didn't. It's great. She's like, no, I should be the king. Whatever. Every pirate king. And she yeah. was right. Reader, she and was. She, oh, boy, was she right. Um, so can we talk about Barbosa's plan for a second? Yeah. So she seems so convinced. Okay, and, and please tell me if I have any gaps in my, in my logic. He seems so convinced that once we free Calypso... She will help us fight the East India Trading Company because, you know, what's good for us is good for her. Right. We're on the side of freedom and the ocean and all that. Right. But then knowing that that Tia Dalma is Calypso, like, lock, locks her up and imprisons her in the brig. Right. And then we get a scene, a really cool scene with Davy Jones and Calypso reunited. Right. And Where we get to see Bill Nye without makeup. And it's real human beast. Yeah. Very strange. I love, I love Bill Nye, but yeah. It is very strange. And she's like, I'm so effing mad about being in this brig. As soon as I'm not in my human form anymore, I'm going to go maelstrom on everyone. Yeah. She's like, I'm in two prisons right now. I'm in this prison with the bars and also this human body prison. Like, I, I'm, du- I'm in double prison. <laughs> This rotting, stinking flesh. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> and so it's just so funny. That, like, and because the, then they go, they go back to the boat, and they have like they bring they bring Tia Dharma out, and they do the thing, and they make her. I don't mean to skip over too much stuff, but and then she becomes Calypso, and is immediately like, "No, I'm not going to help any of you." Yeah, Maelstrom, bitch. Here yeah. it comes. Strap in. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the only thing that you skipped over was the parlay with Beckett where they trade Will for Jack. Holy shit, thank you so much, because that yeah. scene is the the tits. Yeah, it's good. The electric guitar? Yeah. The the that's the most like post that's the most western the movie feels to me. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And it's really um, cool to see like those collections of care, like when they're like standing off and like staring each other down. I was just like making charts with my eyes of like What's that person feeling when they see this person? What does this person yeah. feel when they see that person? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it's really cool. It, it ends. It results in Jack being put in the brig mm-hmm. um, on on Beckett's ship. No, not, not on the Dutchman, the Dutchman ship. Yeah. On the Dutchman. And this is when he starts seeing himself again. And now this is the point where I'm like, okay, it was fine when we were in the underworld. But now. We're not in the underworld anymore, and we're still mm-hmm. doing this shit. Um, yeah, and this never happens again. No. So what I'm chalking it up to is he had just has residual locker craziness. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, but we do get fully CGI Johnny Depp with uh, with with uh, barnacles all over his body, and, yeah. and he pulls his brain out of his skull and flaps <laughs> it around. Like he's, like that like those like those goopy balls that you get out of like the twenty five cent machine. Yeah, it's great. He's like, hey, look at this. <laughs> this look is a disgusting it. thing. This um, movie's three hours long. Yeah, and he's basically like, this is he, he's he's basically talking himself out of killing 
taking Baby over Jones. the Dutchman because they're like, yes. this is what's going to happen. Like, this is what, yeah. Yeah, we oh, we okay. both know that this is what's going to happen if you take this over. Like, you're not going to do your job. That's Yeah, because, okay, so there's a part where back before uh, Will ends up with, with Beckett and Davy Jones, where he's on the deck of a ship. I don't remember which ship with, with Jack. Hard to say. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. And he's like, you know, Jack, if you don't do your job of ferrying those who die at sea into the next life you will become a gross octopus man just like Davy Jones. Because that's what happened to him. Is he, was, he was all fine to do the job that Calypso told him to do, but then because he was in love with Calypso and was promised one day every 10 years uh, mm-hmm. as a human to like spend time with her, and he was like, okay, hashtag worth it. So he did his job for 10 years without complaint, and then he got his one day on land, and she stood him up and he was like well why the hell am i doing my job if i'm my 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 one once a decade reward isn't even here waiting for me so then he's like fuck it i'm a pirate again and then so the curse began and so that's why he's a monster it's really interesting i mean it kind of tracks with you know davy jones emo prince yeah that he got stood up once one time yeah. By his famously unreliable, freewheeling, spirited girlfriend. Right. And just went fucking feral, cut out his own heart, put it in a chest, became an octopus. Well, okay. Now I have questions about that, though. Because did he cut his own heart out at that point? Or did it happen at the beginning of the initial 10 years? Because that's what you're they right. had to do with Will. You're right. Yes, you're right. So he had already done the heart thing. Yeah, but so I, I think that's he did a little thing. bit. That's a little bit of a retcon, I think. I think because I think in the last movie they su- suggested that he did it like as a clip. way of like not feeling things anymore. But yeah. Will obviously feels a lot. Yeah, so, hell yeah, he does. Yeah, so I don't know what the. I'm not sure what the, he can even reproduce after being dead without right. a heart in his chest. So, so I don't. I, I'm very I'm a, confused about all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, uh, uh, genuinely, like, listeners, if we are forgetting a piece of mythos or story point, let us know on the Discord. Um, like, yeah, because it seems to me like the 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 locker, the heart being gone is why he can't go on land, right? Ye- what makes you Ye- the captain of the Flying Dutchman? Uh, like what did David Jones it's do? The heart you have to kill the heart, right? So like that's how you become the the flying so Dutchman a, thing. So was he the first captain of the Flying Dutchman? I don't like, know. Did he start the role? Because if he started the role, Davy Jones. If, yeah. if he if he was like a normal guy, Bill Nighy, and then he was like, "This is my ship. It's called the Flying Dutchman. It's just a normal pirate ship." Yeah, but then something happened. And he cut his heart out and he put it in a chest and became the person who ferries the souls of the dead to their final. Yeah, because he, okay, so here's the thing this makes perfect sense. So it is not that he can be on land once every 10 years. That's what they keep saying. Mm -hmm. But reality is, he cannot be in the land of the living. More than one once in 10 years, because that's what happens in the post credit scene is like Will comes back. There's the flash of green light and he yeah. comes up from the underworld. It's like, I'm back, baby, ready to meet my son and fuck all <laughs> night long. Here I come. 
Um, and, and so that is those are the rules. It's 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 that he's ferrying people in the underworld. Okay. So so the the fact that he can't be on land, I I don't think that's true because isn't he on the beach during the parlay? But he's standing in a bucket of water. Okay. So it must be something about the secondary curse is what's stopping him from going to land. Okay. I think I think but I think the initial job of the ferryman is the reason that you have to cut your heart out is because you have to be dead. You have to be yes. able to walk between worlds. Yes, you have to go in order from to one, do the job. One world to the other. Right. Constantly. Right. And if you stay in our world, you become uh octopus, coral fish, eel person. Right. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. I think. Okay. But it it is very confusing because they are talking about land and they're 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 like they they, they don't explain this mm-hmm. very well. Okay. And so then when Calypso becomes giant, by the way, I really love that they gave uh Rigetti, I think his name is, the moment where you have to say the the word like a lover and right. It just kind of goes back to what I said about Bootstrap is it just kind of makes everything feel that much more like a novel or like an epic of like Yeah. Like Barbosa's like I I don't remember how to talk to a woman. I've been I've been <laughs> exclusively with sex workers for probably fifty years he, at this he, point. He only knows how to yell directions of a ship and and like what to do. Right. And like and I don't think this guy is with a lot of women either, but I think he dreams about it enough that he yeah, knows was, how he would want to talk talk to a woman. Yeah, it doesn't feel random because like if you really think about what we've seen of this character, he is kind of more vulnerable and emotional and sensitive right than the other pirates. Actually him and his friend, like even that little throwaway moment where he would be like stop stop picking at it, stop picking, you know, and like they can kind of confide and be softer on one another. So yeah, it does it doesn't feel random that this goofy guy Right. Has been like, I know how to talk to a lover in my head. Right, right. Yeah. No, it's good. And it's very it's a very earnest moment in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and I think this I think this series is at its best when it's being earnest. Yeah. Like the more tongue in cheek it gets, which will definitely you, you will we'll see with the sequels. Right. It's like I think that's kind of the biggest thing that's missing from the latter two movies. And I can't wait to get your opinion on this is there's like a lack of earnestness and also a lack of like style and confidence. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, because they're both directed by like first time directors, aren't they? <laughs> or like well, then, very nearly first time directors or something uh, like that. Dead Man Tale No Tales is. Um, okay. The next one is directed by Frank Marshall. Shut up. What? No, no, I'm sorry. Gary Mart. No, no. Oh, my God. Wait, what am I saying? Yeah, Frank Mart, the director of Chicago. And um, Frank Marshall, like, produce, like, like, husband of. No, I'm getting it wrong. Um, (laughs) Because it's not, it's not that guy, but it's um, Rob Marshall. (laughs) Rob Marshall. Okay. Yes. Into the Woods, Chicago. Okay. Interesting choice. So, Academy Award winning director at that point, but yes, interesting choice. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, so Calypso becomes a maelstrom, right? She becomes crabs, and then the crabs fall into the ocean and become a maelstrom. <laughs> she becomes crabs. <laughs> and then uh, Davy Jones stares up at the sky and sees the maelstrom forming. And Scott, can you picture the scene that I'm describing, the close-up of him? And he's like, Calypso! <laughs> he like just... Scr- yeah. And 
I was like, why are you screaming? Is it because she's dead and she doesn't have a body anymore? Has she been in that body the whole time that they've been in love and courting each other? Like, when they first Mm. fell in love, did she look like Naomi Harris or was she like a sea god still? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like she must have been a sea god because the the idea of it is like in a very like um you know like a like a uh, uh what what do you call those um like a folk tale. It almost feels yes. like a folk tale of like a man who literally fell in love with the sea, right? Yes. And Calypso yeah. is the sea, right? Mm-hmm. So like she couldn't have been a real person. Yeah, and I think point. they even say like Davy Jones had a hand in capturing her, and- right? Binding her in human form. Right. As like revenge for standing him up. (laughs) A plus Davy Jones, by the way. Yeah. Which which she's like. She basically is like, but would you love me if I wasn't like a free spirit who stood up my dates? And he's like, you know, I wouldn't. (laughs) I already don't. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. But then at the end, he's like, my heart will always belong to you. Yeah. So was that a sensual, excited scream of because like remember like she's she's pouring rain on him and he's like ah, 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 ah. I couldn't tell if he was yeah. like, anguished or celebratory. I think he's, I think he's anguished. I think I think it's that he's mad that okay. she's free. Like I think he's mad that she's free and he isn't. That he still oh. has this curse. Good, but now she's free and he's like, guys, you you did this to me and like now you're you're free, you're free and i'm still a fucking squid <laughs> love it cool okay yeah i think that's and, what it is and then we get you know like top 10 top five most batshit crazy finales i had ever seen at the time yep like yep the yep. the the two ships firing cannons across each other as they're both going towards this swirling vortex yep yeah, it was epic. Oh, uh, King Elizabeth uh, having her speech that like inspires all the pirates to like fight. Yeah, of course. That's really cool moment. Really, really cool moment. She crushes it. Hoist the colors. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you, again, speaking of earnestness, we get this really fun action sequence in which Will and Elizabeth are married by Barbosa while sword fighting. <laughs> like, look. I'll be the first one to say that maybe I use iconic too much. Yeah. Like I'm one of those people that uses iconic too loosely, but like, I really in my heart believe that this is like an iconic moment. Like wedding scene. In of, cinema. Like, of like, these two are fucking legends for doing. This. Yeah. This is like, yeah. It, I, this is also why I think Sam Raimi would direct the hell out of a pirates movie is he knows how to stage these larger than life, big mm. romantic moments. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Of like you don't um, care that they can hear each other across the deck during a maelstrom, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, and man, if, it's or dead. or even I feel like the Whedon move would be to like, and I remember even being worried about this watching it is like I feel like the Whedon move would be to kill Barbosa just as he's about to marry them, right? Like oh you got to twist the knife you can't just give him a fun moment you have to twist right. it do the unexpected but it doesn't right. even that's like I think that goes back to earnest versus cool, right? Of, like, no, they're going to get married on the ship by Barbosa, and it's going to be yeah. the most romantic. And they're going to kiss on a close up, and there's going to be explosions going off. Yeah, they're going to have, they're going to be husband and wife, and they're going to finally get their wedding night. Like, that's yeah. going to happen. Because how could, how, after everything they've been, they've, they've been put through, 
How could we yeah. not at least give them that? You know? Yeah, yeah. And as weird as these movies are, I think it. I think that's also kind of why these movies are beloved by the people who love them as kids. Like you know, we talked about cast last week and us to a certain degree. Of like, mm-hmm. this movie rewards its fandom in a way that not a lot of trilogies do. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So like, anyway, you, so please. a lot of action happens. A lot They're of married, um, and will get stabbed in the heart by Davy Jones. Because mm-hmm. um, he finds out, as soon as he finds out that there's two lovebirds on this boat. Yeah. He's like, I he's know like, what I well, have to do. Yeah, gotta, gotta get that misery. Gotta get, gotta get, <laughs> gotta get that shot of misery. That sweet, sweet um, shot of misery. So, and at this point, uh, uh, Jack has his heart, has Davy Jones' heart and a knife over it. And yeah. Davy Jones is like, you're not going to do that because you're not going to want the responsibility of being me. <laughs> Here we go. And he Every- just like, just yeah, kills Will. Will. I love <laughs> like, that everyone knows that Jack can't do the job. Yeah. No. Everyone is like, you're not going to be able to do this. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> and so he he kills Will and then um, gets distracted. What does he get distracted by? Uh, bootstrap remembers he snaps out of it for a second yeah Yeah, and and tackles him yeah and then jack runs over to will gives him the heart gives him the knife and will stabs the heart as his like dying moment Mm -hmm. and kills davy jones his final davy jones i i love that shakeup. i love the fact that like you don't want Will to become the new Davy Jones, right? Mm-hmm. That sucks. Only getting to see this person that you love and your family, as mm-hmm. it turns out, once every 10 years, that fucking blows. That is awful, right? But by taking away the choice where it's like, well, it's either that or nothing, mm-hmm. it becomes like this really like – it becomes like a life-affirming thing, which is like a really cool way to leave you – feeling about like what is essentially a curse <laughs> yeah it's i think like all you know that elliot and rocio were really inspired by incorporating pirate myth and legend into their story mm-hmm. and finding out where do these myths come from like what are the pieces of eight what is davy jones's locker and this feels like the creation of a new myth yeah. and and like you said earlier like what would a myth be without like a, a sense of tragedy to it right right God, I love that. I love it. So so he dies and then the whole crew just turns into like zombies and they're like (laughs) the Dutch the 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 Dutchman needs a captain. The Dutchman Dutchman they're coming over to him with a knife and they stab him (laughs) into the chest in the chest and everyone's like, Let's get the fuck out of here. And so they all leave. It's it just hit me very Edgar Wright. Yes. They all just like become this like cult. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then they're, they're like, for the greater good. For the greater just, good. Yeah, and then they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. And so they build a, they, they create a parachute and <laughs> go over to the other the other ship, and then the Dutchman goes underwater. Yes, but then, um, just in the nick of time, it comes back up. Right. Well, the Endeavor is there yes. to meet them, basically. And, and Beckett is like, I'm going to kill these motherfuckers. He thinks we have a deal. I don't have any honor. What am I, a pirate? And then, you know. I work for the uh, British government. Yeah, that would just be bad business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then goes after them, but then they're saved, of course, when the Dutchman comes up and is they're able to go on either side of him. And he 
Beckett, for some reason, freezes and can't possibly think to tell them to fire all those cannons they have. Yeah. yeah. He just can't do it. He, like, just freezes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ship is absolutely decimated, and he goes down with the ship. One of Will the... with a gnarly heart scar, gnarly yes. chest scar. Yeah, somehow now um, it's even better. Yeah, and he's just, like, full-blown, uh, uh, full-blown, like, Dread Pirate Roberts mode. Yeah. Again, he's he's finally he's he's reached his optimized self, right? This yeah. is who he was always like. Like Calypso said, uh, a touch of destiny about him, right? Right. And you could argue just like it was Elizabeth's destiny since the first movie to become Pirate King Elizabeth Swan. It right. was always Will Turner's destiny to become the next captain of the Flying Dutchman, right? Um, and the Dutchman's crew, because Will is human and and hasn't you know ceased doing his job, they all turn human again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really they're like, well, this is cool. This is rad. I like this. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to pass over Cutler's death though. Okay. Because that's. I mean, that's just so cool. Yeah. What? No, what it's ending? good. Yeah. No, it's really good. Um, and really artfully done the way that he's like touching his ship and it's like exploding behind him mm-hmm. as he's like walking. This final walk across just his ship, stewing and how fucked he is, and how much he's yeah. lost. But but it's it, it is interesting that there is this sort of um, this sense of like, like oh, like this is this was all I ever wanted was to be like the captain of a ship because the way he's like touching it and like <laughs> yeah. you know like it's very romantic. Yeah, in a way like that I don't really ch- understand because that never seemed to be his vibe before. Right. This yeah. No. Fair enough. For sure. Yeah. Um, but it's rad as hell. Like it looks so cool. Um, it's been making the rounds. Like it's become like a meme. Internet. Yeah. 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 This moment of like, remember when movies used to look like this? And yeah. I'm like, sure did. This movie's got a 44 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not fans and of that's, this time. And that's why they don't look like this anymore. <laughs> Thanks, I, I saw, critics. I saw one that was like, uh, when, you, when you accidentally send a typo in the group chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Oh, man. But um, uh, and then so it's kind of now like epilogue, like falling action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's this interesting thing where apparently Calypso was like, all right. You guys just got married. I'm not going to take your wedding night away from you. So the 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 timer, the 10-year timer starts when the sun goes down. Yeah. But for now, go have your have your day, have your night, whatever. Yeah. Cross your swords. You know, do your th- yeah, do your thing. And uh uh <laughs> and uh it's it's pretty hot. It's pretty, pretty hot. hot. It's, yeah, it's pretty I, hot. It always again. It kind of like the violence where I'm like, this was in a Disney movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It just. I mean, I think that is also kind of what why now, 15 years later, Elizabeth and Will are so beloved by fans, or mm-hmm. why they are such a like you know top tier love story is like you know mm-hmm. like Cap like Captain America and Peggy never got a moment like this, right? Like where they just got to be hot on a beach together, right? It's like little moments that really like I think this trilogy really saw this romance as like a really important part of the trilogy. Right, right. Whereas like the Marvel movies are a little maybe a little too wholesome in, yeah. in with its romance, you know? This and is like not a, not afraid to be sexy, you know? 
Definitely. And like sensual and like linger on like moments like, yeah, where he's like kissing her thigh as he's like taking her boot off. Like, yeah. But the fact that those are both Disney is so fascinating to me of like, would they let something like that stay in one of their movies now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the benefit that this had is that they didn't know what these movies are. True. You know? Yeah. Like they didn't know what they were doing. They were just like, yeah. I people really like that first one, so <laughs> I don't know. I guess I trust you guys to just do it do what you did then. Yeah. I don't know. Go do it. Um whereas yeah. like the Marvel thing, you've got people who have like an equation in their head for how these work right. in four quadrants, you know? Sure. Um Yeah. Yeah. So I think and that's also- I think that's the difference here. And the weight of, you know, Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner are new characters, but like Characters like Steve Rogers and Natasha right. Romanoff are like, you know, have baggage and fan expectations and like right, right. those characters wouldn't do that. I guess yeah. watching this movie, because I, I love the Marvel movies. I have a lot of fun watching them. But like watching this movie made me hungry for, I think, the sense of competition that was around back then. Mm-hmm. Of like, we got to compete with X-Men. We got to compete with Matrix. So we got to bring our thing and really soup this up and how we, how do we get moviegoers out of? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you compare this to like the jungle cruise, which is basically a pirates movie, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, mixed with like some other things, but that's definitely the vibe that they're trying to match. And it's like, you know, the pirates meets the mummy is like basically what they're trying to do. And I, and I love that. And I really like the chemistry of, of between, um, yeah, the rock, rock and, and blunt uh, and blunt and uh, Emily blunt. But <laughs> the, the problem with it is that like, I like their chemistry and to the point where it's the first time that I've ever believed Dwayne Johnson to be in love with a human woman in a movie. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but <laughs> it's not sexy, you know, like it's yeah. cute. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not like I, <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I feel weird even like ta- thinking or talking about yeah. the rock being that like sense like Kirk. Yeah, I you know. know. <laughs> yeah, you can't picture it. You know, because he's can't. kind of a he's like a walking toy commercial. I, I said that on another podcast. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, it's I do kind of that. I think that's gone. Um, mm-hmm. I, I you know I don't I don't know that we're gonna get this back, but like. Because like is are the are the sequels even sexy? No, no, they won't. Yeah. Well, so here here's here's so here's the thing, and hit the nail on the head without even me realizing it at the time. They trade this the hot like earnest no like you know, and in the next two movies they try to recreate the magic of movie one Swan and Elizabeth or Swan and Will, uh-huh. but they just focus on the bickering. Oh, of always it's a ju- mistake. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, it's like Je- Sam and Diane. Like, they hate each other, but then, like, they actually, they like each other. You know what? Also, it is worth pointing out um, that the- that these three movies have a huge benefit over the sequels because the screenwriters of these movies do not return for yes. the sequels. They're all written by other people. And these are the guys who wrote... One of the sexiest sword fights of all time in right. Mask of Zorro. Very true. 
So these guys just know, like, I don't know, maybe they just know how to push the sexy buttons. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they know how to bring, they know how to bring the romance in romantic adventure. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, imagine if they had written Jungle Cruise. <laughs> oh, man. Have those know, guys, yeah. those guys should write a James Bond movie. Yeah, I don't, I, I feel like <clears throat> I need to do, I mean, maybe someday we will. Like, like, I feel like they might be American, though. That might be the problem with the James Bond I was going to say, but... like, I think, I feel like there's all kinds of rules and bylaws in James Bond at this point. <clears throat> with, right. With the, with the Broccoli's and Neil Purvis. And... Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, no, you're right. You're good. Uh, but I just kind of, I would kill. I think we would kill for another movie like this to come out now during the summer. Like, yeah, and I don't need it to be a Marvel movie. You know what I would love it to be, though? Like, if we're going to talk superheroes, because that's mm-hmm. like the thing, I would Super love, Dead. I would love a sexy superhero movie. And I think that everyone's initial thought would be to jump to Lois and Superman, right? Uh-huh. Because they're romantic. But I also think that like Superman is de facto very like wholesome and. Mm-hmm. It just, I, I think you wouldn't want that necessarily. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be opposed to it, but I don't think you want more Down. screwball energy from them than like, yeah, you sexy want fatal romantic. attraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They need to make a Green Arrow Black Canary movie. They got to make a Green Arrow Black Canary movie and they got to give it this kind of vibe of like, you know, mm-hmm. you can have that screwball energy, but you can give, because they're fighting together, you can like build up that sexual tension. Yeah. You also have to have like, like the sense of sexy, fun romance of like them exchanging marriage vows while sword fighting. A hundred percent. Oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Or, or like you said, the sword fight in Mask of Zorro, where Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio Banderas are like flirting while fighting at the same time. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's 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 a bummer. Like that's I I do I do want that, but I also I I you know I'm mixed on needing it in the Marvel universe because I you know I think a lot of people like it the way that it is, and I don't want to mess with that mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but that's why we have a whole other universe where we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. they don't have a tone established over there, mm-hmm. and so yeah. And I think what I think like and this goes back to like. Audiences really love being surprised mm-hmm. and feeling like they stumbled upon something. I think that really goes back to why that first Iron Man movie was so popular and mm-hmm. definitely the Pirates movies at first mm-hmm. of like, these are, these are really crazy and fun and different and weird. Let's go see them. And yeah, maybe by the end of part three, a lot of people were like, okay, like, yeah, I'm good. And then they're like, why are they still making these? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I would love for something to come out that makes us collectively feel this way again. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm surprised there isn't even like a like a Western that has tried to do this. Right? Yeah. Because like we're going to talk about Lone Ranger on franchise potential um, over on the Patreon. But like I don't remember the romance being particularly romantic in that movie. I remember it feeling oh, more like a Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think if Helena there even Bonham, is one, like I, I have no memory of it, but I'm sure that there is one in there, but I don't remember what it is. The only I woman I can remember being in the movie is Helena Bonham Carter. And she's like, a, she's a, in that movie. I don't yeah, even spoilers. remember that. Wow. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Zero memory. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. But I think 
I think competition breeds ingenuity. I don't know if yeah. ingenuity is the right word, but I feel like there's such a gap between Disney and everyone else right now. Yeah. That I, I can like when I go to when I go to the movies now, I see trailers and I'm like, I can't blame people for only going to see Marvel movies because everything else kind of looks like shit. Yeah. 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 At, at, at least in even, terms of like multiplex stuff. It's it's messed up, man, because the three biggest franchises going right now. Right. Uh, uh, like go like actively going right now, mm-hmm. right? Because like, Star Wars doesn't count because it's not active. It's it's it, inactive. It's, it's on TV. Yeah. It's not in movies. It's not yeah. theatrical it's hibernating. right now. Yeah, it's hibernating. So you got three. You've got Marvel. You've got Jurassic World, and you've got Fast and the Furious. All three of them anti-sexy. Like all three <laughs> of them, just like. Not a sexual bone in any of their bodies. Fast and Furious tries but fails miserably. It is like it is not a sexy franchise. Well, yeah, their idea is like oh, like the you know ogling, you know, kind of that Michael Bay ogling extras in bikinis. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially the James Wan one. I don't know what that was, but Uh like and 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 yeah, and like or it's a music video thing. I think I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, or like the bickery thing. Yeah. But there's yeah. not a lot of like romance right now in, right. in movies. But yeah, you're right. Those are because like, yeah, there's like and I know like, you know, we're living in crazy times, but like, yeah, like what options are there? I think even what even when something like Free Guy comes out, I think people are like hungry for. Oh, cool. This is kind of different. This isn't right. This right. is fun. Even even something like John Wick, which starts in a romantic place, quickly moves on from that. That's a big, a big good point, and it's something I really like. I would love to see John Wick try and fall, find love again. Yeah, I think that that's how it should end. Yeah, I think that's how the movie should end. Is what that he is- he finally snaps out of all of this crap because he falls in love again? Oh my god! And then we get the um, the the Matrix Revolutions or Resurrections of John Wick. Oh yeah, it's like a meet yeah. cute. Yeah, he's at a dog park, and it's like, oh, you have a dog as well. I have a dog. Yeah. Even even see and like even resurrections, as I'm sure we talked about um, <laughs> in that episode. Even resurrections is not like it's sensual and it's romantic, but I wouldn't say it's sexy. It's not a sexy movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and and I love the things that it does, but it is missing that little aspect of what yeah. this is, which is it's like cute, it's I, romantic. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to put my fucking, I'm wearing your boot and I, my naked thigh is going to be on this rock and you're yeah. going to have to take your boot off. And it's the hottest goddamn thing that you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, yeah, I can't yeah. I can't imagine like being like a Will Elizabeth Shipper back in the day, like in 07 and oh, being yeah. like rewarded with like, yeah, I mean, like, I think we could because I think the audience is there for it. And I don't know, because like. Maybe we just go to movies for different reasons now, but I don't kind of don't want that to be true. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want romance and sexiness to just live in like Bridgerton or like on streaming. You know, right? I want it right. to be up on the big movie screen. I want it to have like a budget and look cinematic. Like, yeah, Br- Bridgerton doesn't look cinematic. It looks like a, a Netflix TV sure. show that's like overlit and like you know, like even the even the like the Owen Wilson Jennifer Lopez rom com. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this looks fun, but God, it looks like it costs like eight bucks. Oh, you think so? 
I think it looks. I, I think it looks pretty good. Like it looks like it costs like what a romantic comedy typically costs. I think. sure sure like sure. A, like like thirty million or something mm-hmm. twenty five thirty million. Did um, you like Crazy Rich Asians? Yes, loved it. Yeah, loved it. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. I think if I remember correctly, it had some it had some sexy moments. I haven't seen it since theaters, actually. Yeah, I haven't either. I need to revisit well, it. Anyway. If they make two more, we can do a, a miniseries about it. If they ever make those sequels. Um, but he right? keeps attaching himself to other movies that are getting greenlit first for some reason. <laughs> um, um, we talked okay, about so he, the... this is he, oh, okay. he walks off into the sunset yeah. and, and the Flying Dutchman uh, disappears in the flash of green light. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you in 10 years. Um <sighs> And then we go back to um, to Captain Jack, and the pearl has been stolen by Barbosa, who is like, "All right, crew, we're gonna go find the Fountain of Youth. Here's the map. Oh, Jack stole the middle of the map. Sparrow. The map. Yeah. And then it cuts to him, and he's back on a little tiny boat, and he's, he's hanging got his up Jack a little Jack Sparrow flag. Oh, sorry. Yep. And 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 uh, he starts singing Yo Ho and is off to go find the Fountain of Youth, and my understanding is that's what the next movie is about. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, so, there's actually a fair amount of cool setting up in those final moments of, like, you even see a close-up of um, of a Blackbeard ship, I think, mm-hmm. the Queen Mary, and, like, Cuba. And it is even like, oh, yeah, that is kind of where it takes place. And mm. uh, what do you think of the kind of back-to-basics formula reset of of this, the, these final couple scenes, um, I think it's a really great way to never make another movie. Yeah, I I think that the fact that they made they literally made this sequel was a huge mistake because after everything that they've been through in these three movies, you can't just go back to like adventure of the week kind of stories. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And then I think they overcorrect in the next one by being like, okay, so that didn't work. So instead let's do a thing where we like go back to the beginning of Jack Sparrow and we like bring up something from his past and, you know, make him have to pay for that past mistake or something. And then also bring in uh, Will, Will and Elizabeth's kid and like have him be a character and like, Mix it, mix it up, and like try to like force ourselves back mm-hmm. into that original trilogy, and that was an overcorrection that also doesn't pan out, you know. Yeah, it's just a really a couple of miss missteps after this. I think. Yeah, I think I'm they really... should have just ended it and just rebooted it, which is what they're doing next. Yeah, where you're just like, okay, all right, forget all of those characters. We're just going to start over and tell another pirate story. Yeah, um, and that's what they should have done with this, with this, with the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Somebody give Margot all, Robbie all a pirate hat. Yep. Yep. And yep. I feel like if you had skipped those last two movies and we lived in a universe where the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie was in 2007. Yeah. And now Disney's like coming summer 2023. Margot Robbie. Pirates of the Caribbean. Straight to hell. You know? Yeah. Straight to hell. <laughs> I think people would be more like, whoa, and not like, oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting because, um, like, yeah, they, I think they do kind of in four. We're like, well, I, I guess people wanted an Indiana Jones movie with just Captain Jack. So right. So let's do that. And, and and they're like, oh, wait, I thought they wanted this, but now they don't seem to want this. And it's like, well, no, we wanted that to be the second movie. 
Yeah. This is after they fought like gods and de- <laughs> yes. defeated the the British the trading East India Trading Company. Yeah, there's nowhere to go, guys. Like you really shot yourselves in the foot with that one. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh so that's I I mean we'll we'll see how that goes, but like I just don't I think they just mm-hmm. they're trying to force this into I think this was a trilogy and they're trying to force it into a franchise. Um, that I don't think it needed to be, yeah. especially because like they're overpaying for Johnny Depp as his quality of life is kind of decreased. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, he, like, yeah, he like, after, I think, I don't know how bad it is in part four. I don't know if he starts becoming like a wax statue of himself by four, mm-hmm. but that's definitely where we end up in five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. He's just so full of life in these three movies. Yeah, it's gonna really it's gonna this. bum me out to see him just like doing an impression of himself in these next two. And who knows? Maybe that won't be your impression of the the fourth one. Maybe you'll yeah, enjoy maybe. it more than. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't love. <laughs> I don't love Rob Marshall. I'll be. I'll be. Sure. I'll be totally honest. I don't. I don't think he's a particularly great director. Uh, uh, Mary Poppins Returns fan. No, and I hate Chicago. I think it's oh. I think it's awful. Um I didn't know that. Yeah, no, can't stand it. Um The show so, and the movie? Like even the music and the songs and stuff? Uh I don't love the show, but I mm-hmm. really hate the movie. Um Got it. I think the movie sucks. But <laughs> I don't know is. when we'd ever talk about that one. No, I, I don't know either. Um But in any event, brought, so <laughs> we could cheat and say uh, Broadway adaptations of the 2000s. That get. <laughs> that's the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. There's like four uh, or five of those. It's so weird that we have two more of these. Yep. It feels like the end. See, it should have been. <laughs> it yep. should be the end. Oh, well. Uh, so um, we will be back credit next scene week. 10 years later. Yeah. Will returns. Now, I, here's my question leaving please. the theater mm-hmm. at this point. And I mean, I guess their kid is in the fifth one. So maybe you have. I'm so worried that that's like an act two twist. And you're going to have to suffer through like an hour of like mystery. Denial of like everybody like gaslighting me. (laughs) And then it's like your Will Turner's son, Brenton. I'm sorry, but yeah, I I interrupted you. Um, But uh, uh, so Will is going to be captaining the dutchman forever right Mm -hmm. yeah okay all right so it's it's not because like i remember in the theater when i left i thought that the post-credit scene was like oh he's back he's home like he did his his time and now he he gets to be human again um i don't know if there's a way to not be the captain that doesn't involve someone stabbing your heart with a knife yeah like i don't i don't think we get into that so he's just going to, like, watch her die, get old and die. Yeah. And then just continue to just, like, meet his grandkid eventually, like, once every 10 years. And mm-hmm. then eventually just, like, will not – it'll be like Coco where it's just, like, no one will be alive who remembers him anymore. <laughs> and that's when he'll go fish guy. Yeah, that's when he'll go fish guy. Um, and then nobody will feel guilty about stabbing him in the heart. And like, at that point, are we in like the 1930s? I don't know. 
Like I really don't we, know. In this universe, are we at like you know the like World War Two? And they're like, is that a fucking pirate ship? And it's just like the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. And he's like, what do I do? I, uh, I guess these people, I'll, I'll ferry them to the next life. They died in a U-boat. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. I don't know. Um, Can you imagine? In like any event. God forbid. It's like 2020, 2017 or something. You're on a cruise ship. You fall over, you pass, you drown, you pass away, and then like a ghostly pirate ship comes <laughs> to take you away. Uh, there was a there was a ghost ship in an episode of Supernatural, and I'm wondering if that was the Flying Dutchman. Ooh, that makes sense. Because like I, because that's the that's the legend of the <laughs> that's the thing that's so weird about the the way that they do the Flying Dutchman in these movies mm-hmm. of like being fish people, <laughs> fish gods or whatever. Yeah. Is that like? I, I think the, the concept of the Flying Dutchman is that it's a ghost ship. Yeah. That's what it is in SpongeBob. Yeah. It's a ghost ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting that they were like, no, we did zombies before, skeleton right. guys. So, like, we're not going to do ghosts this time. Instead, mm-hmm. we're just. And also, Return of the King. Right. Good ship point. of ghosts. So, yes. you know, I'm sure that probably had something to do with why they were like, well, yeah. maybe fish people instead. They can die, right? Like the the crew of the Dutchman crew are mortal even when they're fish people, correct? I don't think so. Okay, because there's one where Barbosa cuts off the eel guy's eel head. Yeah, and I was like, is he dead or does he grow that back? I think he can just like slap those back together, those those puppies back together, and pop okay. back up again. Cool. Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now he's just a person, right? I genuinely don't remember what the hook of the villains and four is, so that'll be exciting. Yeah, we know the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't remember what the yeah. I don't remember what the villains are in that. I think I watched half of it. Do you remember who Maybe. the villain? Do you remember who plays the villain in this one? In no, I remember uh, the only thing that I remember is, um, what uh, what's her name? Yeah, Penelope. Penelope Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, I remember Penelope Cruz, and I remember Johnny Depp, like. I want to say he's running on a wheel through a village or something. That sounds something right. like that. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I think I got to the point where he meets Penelope Cruz and I'm like, you know what? I think, <laughs> I don't, <need> <laughs> I don't think this. I need this. Yeah. Um, well, you're getting it now. Yeah. I, what is, what is the deal? What, what is the MacGuffin in the fifth movie? Um, the artifact. I think it's like a scepter. Oh, is it like an Atlantis thing? I think it might be an Atlantis thing. That sucks. That's lame. I hate that. That's that Atlantis and Pirates of the Caribbean. Those, oh! It seems like they go together, but I don't. They do not I just, go together. I, I I just remembered. If I'm not mistaken, they are looking for uh, Poseidon's trident. That sucks. I hate that. I okay. nope. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. No, no, no. Okay. Well, you're getting in no. Two it should have been. It should have been uh, uh, like a, nothing. Well, yeah, it should, just should not exist. Yes. But like Fountain of Youth, okay, fine. Then it should be like, I don't know, like the, um, what, what is that? What is that town? The, the lost like city? Um, Atlantis. Not, Atlant- not Atlantis. The, the one made Jamestown. of gold. El Dorado. El Dorado. That would be good. El Dorado. Yeah, yeah. It should have been like El Dorado or something. Because now there's nothing for Margot Robbie to do. Yeah. Well, 
I wouldn't mind it if she wasn't doing MacGuffins. Like if there's like something else going on with the Pirates movies in the new ones. I don't know. Do we know who's making the new one? Uh, not. Bes- I know, like, well, I think they... I'm, I'm going to look this up right now, listeners. I think she might be the only one that's attached to it. Because I think she was starting to get into, like, um, producing more. Right. I think she she produced, like, Birds of Prey and stuff like that. Yeah, she produced that Harley Quinn animated series. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, because she so, almost did the voice, and then she was like, no, I don't have time for this. That was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't... A, yeah. Uh, so, future... <laughs> Uh, da, 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 da. They were gonna do one, but then everyone hated it. They were gonna do like another like pirate movie. Oh my In God. October of 2018, it was reported that Disney had been looking for ways to reboot the franchise, bringing on Deadpool writers Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick. That's who's writing it. That's right. However, in February of 2019, Reese and Warnick departed the project, and the reboot was canceled. Hmm. So, okay. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up, and then we'll talk about it in the in the next couple episodes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um. All right. Well, that's it. Hey, it's shorter than the movie. Hey, it is. Look at that. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Go us. Go us. We'll be back next week in 10 years' time with, uh, with Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. But for now, later. Laters. Laters.